Hello and welcome everyone. Uh, my name is Lucien Zaborowski. I am the Associate Head of Marketing here at Creatio. Uh, our, our themes today are AI and low-code. We have Alan Joen, uh, an Account Director from Collier Picard, as well as Richard Ainley, uh, a Regional Director from Creatio. We, we have a session on AI and low-code and, and it's, it's really about the revenue aspects of how these technologies can help businesses of all sizes and all industries uh, to grow their revenues in 2021 and beyond using these technologies. Uh, it's a it's a very relevant topic uh, given the the current situation. It's a it's a topic that every business is always looking to uh, to um, improve. And so uh, we have these two fantastic speakers that will cover this topic in detail. And I am very excited uh, to to talk um, about it with them. Now, in terms of the agenda, we'll just uh, cover the 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 speakers themselves and, and the companies they represent. And then we'll talk about AI. We'll, we'll talk about um, the the revenue aspects and how the, the technology can really help companies uh, to grow their revenues with 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 the different aspects of AI. Um, but we'll also talk about low code, and we will have some fantastic use cases and, and case studies of two completely different companies. Um, one a startup, um, and one a very established business that that has both and both of them have used these technologies to their advantage so uh, i'm not going to spoil it i'm going to leave it to our presenters to talk details about these organizations but very practical uh, cases and and ones that that are really worth uh, considering and, and looking into in more detail now we'll talk about what does low code mean because actually despite the lot of uh, talk out there there is still a lot of um, a lot of companies and, and individuals still are trying to figure out what it actually means uh, to be a local organization uh, and then we'll talk about Creatio AI roadmap what it is that Creatio does in terms of our tech uh, in terms of AI uh, we are a local platform already so there isn't all that much to uh, discuss uh, about local aspect but we 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 wanted to talk to you about the uh, AI aspect of Creatio so uh, let's now uh, go to our speakers, starting with Alan. Uh, Alan, um, welcome and uh, excited to have you. Please uh, give us a little bit of an introduction of yourself and call your Picard. Okay, uh, thanks, Lucien. Yes, I'm excited to be here as well. I mean, this is a really interesting time to be involved in technology. Um, the pandemic has changed everything for, for lots and lots of businesses. So the whole of my career has been in technology for business. Um, it's uh, it spanned uh, all areas of, uh, of business automation, manufacturing, engineering, financial services, not-for-profit. Um, and I just picked out a few key things about, uh, uh, about myself. Uh, I've spent the last 25 years specialized in CRM and uh, the fact that CRM always coexists with, uh, with a financial system or an ERP system in order to give the, uh, the 360 degree view of the customer. That most people are looking for. Um, and uh, during my time at Collier Picard, I spent an eight-year period as the marketing director at Collier Picard, and that was when we introduced marketing automation into the portfolio uh, as an integral part of um, uh, of CRM and business development. So uh, this 25 years experience spans the the core management team of the company and adds up, adds up to an awful lot of man years between us. As a focus, we have fine-tuned our attitude and our approach towards CRM, such that we're always looking for ways to make CRM a differentiation engine. What is it that makes you as the CRM user uh, unique, or, or rather, what is it that makes you in your industry unique, and how can we best apply CRM to, uh, uh, to bring that to the fore and uh, help you differentiate yourself in the market at all times. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Alan. Now uh, let's uh, head over to Richard. Uh, the same, please. Uh, just give us a little bit of an introduction of yourself and, and of course, Creatio. Thanks, Lucian. Uh, Richard Ainley, Regional Sales Director <clears throat> for Western Europe. And uh, super excited here today to talk about a, a topic which is very close to my heart, artificial intelligence. It's uh, uh, something which is a hot topic, as Lucian mentioned earlier, and on the tip of many people's tongues at the moment in terms of 
what it can do for each of our businesses and how it can drive us forward. Um, my background is actually engineering. So even though I transitioned to the dark side of the commercial side of the world around 20 years ago, I've got a wealth of experience in technology and, and a degree in electronic engineering. Um, in terms of uh, the Creatio organization, we are very much in a growth phase at the moment. So we've got five offices around the globe. Uh, the, the office that I'm working from is the London office, uh, which is addressed in the Western European operation. We've got around 650 employees, over half of which are invested in the technology and the R&D side of the business. So again, very close to home in terms of that artificial intelligence and machine learning, which is the topic of today's conversation. We do have a, a partner-centric approach to the market. So we've got over 700 partners globally, ranging from the large uh, SI global integration partners all the way down to some of the smaller boutique local partners as well. We operate in 110 countries and we've been recognized by many of the independent analysts such as Gartner and Forrester as being a leader in our space and the technology that we bring to the marketplace. I will hand over to, to Alan to talk to us about uh, growing revenues in 2020 and uh, and the focus on AI, uh, really, the, the, the aspect of uh, which is very intriguing and the technology is growing rapidly. Um, Alan, um, tell us tell us more. Let's learn about this together uh, and see how how these technologies can really help businesses grow revenues uh, this year and and in many years to come. Okay, thanks, uh, thanks, Lucian. Um, so, in order to um, help me through this journey uh, today, I'm going to refer to four different uh, uh, four different forms of authority. Um, uh, w. Edwards Deming and Albert Einstein were thought leaders of the 20th century, and McKinsey and Sales Hacker are industry watchers, industry analysts of the 21st century who always do good survey work and present good analysis of uh, trends within, uh, within the industries that they watch, and in this case, uh, technology for business. Um, in case you're not aware of them, um, uh, Deming is the engineering and management consultant that is accredited with bringing just-in-time manufacturing uh, to the world. So after the Second World War in the 50s, many manufacturing and supply chain organizations adopted just-in-time techniques in order to drive down costs, improve efficiency, and improve the, uh, the financial footprint of the organizations uh, and the way they manage them. And Deming became a guru. He uh, runs, there's a, a management school in his name in the States that people use for certification and for um, uh, thought leadership uh, uh, driven learning. Einstein, whilst most people will know him for E equals MC squared as a brilliant physicist, Einstein was also a philosopher and a great social commentator of the 20th century. And we're going to pick up on one of his comments and uh, use it to drive uh, some of the uh, uh, some of the thoughts that, that we're going to present today. So when we talk about business growth, people say uh, to me, "What is it that you can do uh, with technology that will uh, that will help your business grow? How can I improve my revenues? How can I increase my uh, uh, my turnover?" And for most people, there are three levers that you could pull in business terms. One is to automate processes to improve efficiency to try to do more with less, um, to follow the Deming line of, um, uh, of just-in-time thinking, of uh, decreasing your financial footprint and doing more uh, uh, process work, uh, which just increases the speed and effectiveness with which you do things. Another lever that you could pull is to minimize the risk of poor customer experience. And uh, that would represent your governance, uh, the uh, ethos you run inside your company, and using technology to make it easier for people to adopt that good governance and to eliminate errors in the way that you deliver your customer experience. Uh, the third lever that people try and pull with technology is one that's a little more, uh, needs a little more thought to achieve, and that is to actually improve the culture of the way your people work 
and the way they approach the customer facing tasks that they're involved in. The idea of uh, many CRM systems is to make it easier for people to do business with you. And that becomes not an efficiency uh, piece, but a cultural piece whereby uh, people become more effective in the way that they uh, engage with, with customers. So I pulled out a couple of definitions which are going to help us in this discussion. Um, artificial intelligence is using technology to process knowledge. In other words, trying to make the technology work like humans do, to understand processes, to learn, and to take actions uh, which are based on knowledge. And I think most people are familiar with uh, uh, with uh, that terminology, that definition of artificial intelligence, and also with the embedded term in their machine learning. Uh, low code is perhaps a term that people are less familiar with, um, but uh, they may be familiar with terms like rapid application development or one button deployments of, uh, uh, of systems. And this technology, uh, this one button deployment is often represented graphically, whereby people define a process, they map it out on uh, an intelligent graphical user interface, and uh, the functions that sit behind each of the steps in the process that you've defined in this graphical way are compiled into the technology environment, the tech stack that helps you drive your business. Um, they're compiled automatically. All you do is define the steps in the process and the technology um, uh, unfolds uh, without you having to do any coding. Um, one of my uh, colleagues at Collier Picard uh, recently commented that moving from conventional coding to customized CRM into a low-code environment means that he can now perform 80% of a CRM deployment with only 20% of the effort. And that's what low-code brings to the party. So let's go back to this definition of, uh, of processes. Deming, in his, uh, in his whole management thinking and in his just-in-time uh, his just-in-time manufacturing and engineering uh, methodologies is absolutely adamant that you have to define a process. And so if that's where we're going to go, what does the, uh, or the application of, of artificial intelligence uh, do to this approach towards defining everything as a process? And I mentioned that we would look at some statistics from McKinsey uh, McKinsey is an incredibly well-established and well-respected research organization around the world. And they have been, for the last several years, they've been running uh, a global survey around organizations uh, to measure the state of AI. And the comparison between 2019 survey and the 2020 survey uh, was quite marked. Um, let me ask you, Alan, a question because I, I'm, I'm curious about uh, one aspect you mentioned, which was quite interesting. In terms of the the levers of growing revenues, you mentioned efficiency and the automation of processes. Um, which ones, which which of those processes would you say should be prioritized um, to to really bring the most value and in the fastest manner in terms of uh, revenues? You know, and again, it probably speaks to some of the, the departments that were actually um, looking at in terms of the question, but but um, what are your thoughts in, 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 in that sense, uh, in the sense of where do you get the most value for your investment uh, quickest? Okay, well, I think uh, it's a really good question, and I think the answer is there are actually two, uh, there are two areas. There's not one clear outstanding area, there are actually two. And uh, the first one is um, the generation of uh, new leads, new business inquiries, and making sure that you capture them, profile them, uh, and handle them quickly, efficiently, and accurately, uh, as accurately as you can, based on the information you collect during the, the lead. So, so lead uh, generation and uh, queries, uh, 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 people asking you to supply them in, with information so that they can make a decision whether to buy or not. Uh, they lend those processes lend themselves incredibly well to uh, uh, to AI processing. Uh, the other area 
is in uh, uh, is in long-term customer relationship management. So if you are a an organization that sells solutions, not just point products, and you need to continually uh, keep your customers abreast of changes, of improvements, of uh, additional services that you might be able to cross-sell, then AI can help you here uh, enormously. Uh, the more data you have on the way that um, uh, the way that people buy, what they buy next, this could become the subject of machine learning and can advise you on what is it most appropriate to uh, uh, to offer these particular customer types at this particular time. Super. Yeah, thank you for that, that very valuable answer. Uh so this is the results of the uh, McKinsey poll. Um, they run their poll fairly on in the year. So their 2020 uh, research relates to people's opinions in FY uh, 2019. And um, it's interesting that the figure on the top line there for marketing and sales combined shows that 80% uh, confirmed that 79% of companies believe that AI helps the most in the area of sales and marketing. And this, for me, is a marked change in, uh, uh, in the way people think about AI, because if you go back to the 1950s and the 1960s and the introduction of Deming's uh, thinking in just in time, that was all about service operations, manage, uh, manufacturing operations and supply chain. And as you can see, these areas in this survey have dropped off in terms of uh, where people see them uh, improving the revenues of a, of a company uh, versus the sales and marketing area. So um, this is why we have a focus on AI and, uh, uh, and process and low-code processes, which can make things change quickly um, in CRM, because it's where you're going to get the biggest return. I think it's quite interesting that more than 10% of the companies surveyed by McKinsey were uh, increasing, uh, predicted that they had increased their revenue by more than 10% through the adoption of AI in the previous year. So uh, that's, the, uh, uh, that's the state of play there. Um, the, uh, uh, the opinion, this 10% figure uh, seems to be universal. Uh, just a few weeks ago, the Office of Artificial Intelligence from the UK government produced a report uh, suggesting that AI could have a positive impact on the GDP of the whole of the United Kingdom by as much as 10% over the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. So this, uh, this impact on growth of AI on, on growth is really important. And if you're not considering it at the moment, uh, our recommendation would be that you put it on your agenda and, uh, uh, and investigate it soon. Now, Lucien mentioned that we were going to use two case studies, two use cases, uh, in order to illustrate this deployment of um, AI and uh, low-code technology. And my first example is a startup. It's an entrepreneurial startup. It's in a unique area of business. Uh, Brain Train UK is a neuroscience and neurofeedback business. Uh, I won't go into the details of what neurofeedback is. It involves, uh, uh, involves ultra-low uh, frequencies attaching, connecting different parts of the brain in order to speed up communication inside the brain. This te the technology that does this is brand new. It obviously works in the area of applied psychology. And uh, from the point of view of, uh, of organizations, medical organizations operating in this field, uh, in my country, that's the uh, British Psychological Society. Uh, they don't recognize this, uh, uh, this technology as being valid psychology treatment, clinical psychology treatment yet, because it's not yet evidence-based. And everything in medicine uh, uh, these days has to be evidence-based. So, uh, so we're going to use this, uh, uh, this application of the AI and machine learning with BrainTrain to help the organization develop the evidence base it needs to exploit its entrepreneurial ideas and grow very rapidly. So we've divided our deployment process up into three stages that are uh, just about to kick off in 2021. 
the first is the conventional thing that you would expect to do with the CRM system. We're going to focus on client onboarding and then managing long-term relationship with those clients and looking for referrals from those clients to others so that the business can grow virally through, uh, uh, through referrals and networking in the way that you might expect a, uh, a service of this type to grow. But the second is the area that's really interesting. The neurofeedback process connects various points in the brain in the way that these little diagrams are, are illustrating. And the connections that are relevant to an individual client are entirely derived through a set of best practice algorithms against the symptoms which are displayed by the client. So the symptoms we're addressing are things like sleeplessness, anxiety, um, uh, inability to concentrate, um, depression, anger, all the things that you might go to a clinical psychologist for. And, uh, uh, but in this case, you're going to uh, try the neurofeedback approach. Now, it requires a lot of skill to determine which are the right neurofeedback connections uh, to apply to this client based on the symptoms because there are over 200 different symptoms that might be tracked by a client with varying degrees of uh, severity of, uh, of many of those conditions. And so we've used, um, uh, we've used AI and low-code technology to automate the algorithms and deliver the neurofeedback plan for this client as an automatic process that's triggered entirely by the client entering their own symptoms into a portal. Now, the development of this, uh, this matching and planning has taken literally a few days because it's all put together using low-code technology. Step three is to move into the arena of big data. Once uh, once um, uh, thousands and ultimately tens of thousands of clients have passed through this process, the machine learning aspects of, the, of artificial intelligence will help this organization refine the way that it defines its algorithms and the way that uh, it improves continually the neurofeedback treatment plans that it puts together for clients exhibiting uh, not before seen uh, areas of uh, uh, combinations of symptoms. And if I represent this, uh, uh, this process in, in terms of where the technology fits, uh, we have a fairly straightforward schematic here where the client portal becomes the feed into conventional CRM functionality and uh, uh, schedules for treatments. But the client portal also becomes the place for neurofeedback planning based on the symptom tracking that's been entered by the, uh, by the client themselves. So the feedback loop that's going on here through a knowledge base, applying uh, machine learning and AI, means that this enterprise database, which now supports uh, the analysis of best practice from the practitioner's point of view, and can provide them with dashboard views on trends and uh, uh, what's working best, that uh, whole process can be used to inform lower skilled technicians who can deliver uh, the neurofeedback programs, knowing that even though they're not fully qualified practitioners, they are doing exactly the right thing for the client based on the machine learning that's being delivered to them in the form of a treatment plan. And We've, uh, uh, we've basically been able to apply AI and low-code technologies here in a way that, um, that Einstein would have approved of. I mentioned that uh, Einstein was a social philosopher. Uh, the founder of Brain Train UK has in fact done this thing. He's walking in places that no one uh, has ever been before. And if you apply that back to business, and I reference uh, a piece from a blog written by one of my colleagues that uh, Braintrain UK is trying to set itself apart from competition. It's trying to offer a service that's uh, faster, more complete, 
and lower cost. And by giving these tools, these AI-driven tools, to their smartest people, to their fully qualified neurofeedback practitioners. Alan, I just wanted to ask you a quick question. Um, it, it seems like there's the technology here, though, um, is quite sophisticated in the sense you you have your AI and ML algorithms, you have your automation of processes, you have the CRM. There is so much there. Um, it just seems to me that that there was a lot of very uh, careful planning and a lot of work that had to go into the project. So I'm just curious in terms of that workload because I'm sure for a lot of our audience the the whole aspect of of going low code and AI you know it 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 might seem like a like a huge engagement when you when we look at all these different uh, combinations of technologies so i'm just curious in terms of you know the workload and the and the project planning uh, just tell us a little bit more about um, how to how you made it or were able to simplify it and and really make it work for the customer uh, okay well thanks that's a great question lucian and uh, as always, the, uh, the answer to the question is that you need to plan it properly in the first place. So Stuart Black, the founder of Braintrain, had done a great job in uh, doing the Einstein thing and walking alone and finding new ways to define how neurofeedback technology uh, could, actually benefit, uh, uh, could actually benefit patients. Um, but he was genuinely perplexed by um, how he could get technology uh, to help, and he, uh, like all uh, like all entrepreneurs that start up, they, he had limited budget. And um, if you look at some of the AI projects that have happened in the medical world, uh, for example, oncology in the United States of America is uh, fully automated in a big IBM uh, AI system, and it costs millions and millions of dollars to set up over many many years. And so Stuart was perplexed as to how he could take advantage of uh, very modern technology. Um, the truth is that in order to create the client onboarding, the symptom capture, the symptom matching, and the neurofeedback uh, output, the treatment plans, all of that happened with low-code development. The only piece of coding that was done in the whole of this, uh, uh, this configuration uh, was a little bit of code to use the API to set up uh, financial and payment transactions with their financial accounting system. So we had to do a little bit of code uh, just to make sure that payments were coming through uh, into uh, and being reported properly uh, inside the, uh, uh, the Creatius CRM system. Uh, but all the hard work of providing Stuart and his people with this differentiation engine, all of it was done with low-code development in literally a handful of days. Wow, thank you, that's, that's, uh, that's a great answer. Um, okay, so uh, you might say, well, that's all very well. You know, you start with a clean sheet and it's easy to build from, uh, uh, from scratch. Uh, what happens if I'm not in that situation? And so, I pulled out another use case, and my second example is of a business which was established in 1862. It's been trading for under over 150 years. Uh, Blackton is a leader uh, in its industry. It, uh, uh, it distributes uh, chemicals from um, countries, manufacturers all over the world into uh, chose its chosen channels, the, uh, the cosmetics, the food industries, the printing industry. There are, there are a number of different industries that use specialist chemicals as an integral part of their own manufacturing process, and Blackton is the preferred supplier in, uh, uh, in a dozen different industries. Now, a, a business that's been based on 150-year uh, trading history is one that's very, very, very good at, um, at relationship management. And the relationship that uh, Blackton people managed to build with their customers and, and with their suppliers has been based traditionally on face-to-face -face meetings. Uh, the arrival of the COVID uh, pandemic has prevented them from working the way that they normally work and has perhaps in principle uh, offered uh, an opportunity for other people to come in and start to steal some of their, uh, some of their customers. So a digital transformation 
was the requirement here in order to transform the business from one that was uh, predicated on face-to-face -face contact into one that could survive and still exploit its uniques with, uh, uh, with digital contact, with video contact and so on. So the steps that, we've, uh, uh, that we're taking here with Blackton are to first realize some immediate success from making CRM a system of record and in a central way within the whole company. So hitherto, um, uh, each business line manager, each account manager has probably had their own way of working very successfully aligned to the industries that they supply. And the first step is to pull all that together and create the efficiency that we talked about in terms of business levers and also uh, to exercise the risk lever to, um, uh, to make everybody aware of good governance and to uh, try to eliminate instances of poor customer experience. The second step is to then look at the thing that makes, uh, makes Blackton unique uh, in its industry and apply CRM rapid application use, uh, development using low code into blending together its customer relationship management with its supplier relationship management and its ISO 9001 quality management process. And we will use low code to automate their ISO 9001 uh, processes in such a way that um, uh, customer case handling times, service level agreements, case resolution times will automatically feed into their quality process and uh, ISO, um, ISO audits uh, will take place um, as an automatic byproduct of people simply using the, uh, uh, the low-code system uh, that has been configured uh, using uh, using these modern tools. The case of I'm I'm just curious again on this on this case. Um, it it seems like the the big aspect here is CRM and low code. Are there any aspects of AI that that you that in this case the this customer uh, also um, had and and I and I guess you'll talk more about this. But just just curious in terms of the combination of low code CRM and AI. Um, I think the uh, the answer to the question, Lucian, is that low code is the emphasis now in order to pull those first two levers, uh, which is um, improving efficiency and decreasing risk, decreasing risk of customer loss as a result of uh, the digital change and the uh, outcome of the pandemic and new ways of working. The, the third step is where AI and machine learning will come in. So the data-driven transformations that they can make in terms of pulling that third business lever, the culture one, uh, making it easier for people to do uh, to do business with you. Once we've ca captured uh, these uh, uh, the uh, most effective ways of working between customer relationship, supplier relationship, and quality management, once we've accumulated lots of that data into the system, we'll have enough big data to be able to apply some machine learning to it, and uh, the application of AI, true AI, in Blackton will be step three in the process of this digital transformation. Um, at step one, there isn't enough data to apply machine learning to. Yeah, sounds good. Um, okay, so um, this whole process, uh, I said that there was another industry analyst organization that we would look at, and it's Sales Hacker. They're very different scale to McKinsey. Uh, but their, um, their uh, statistics from a survey that was published only three weeks ago um, is that um, the, the majority of sales leaders will implement some form of, uh, uh, of sales model that uh, takes advantage of uh, CRM and sales intelligence in the future. Um, and that even though this might uh, come uh, at uh, some capital investment, it's predicted that that's entirely worth it. Uh, and that's clearly the opinion that uh, Blackton have taken, uh, the managing director and chief executive, uh, Graham Turton at Blackton made this comment. And in terms of the way that we will uh, continue a long-term relationship 
with Blagden. Uh, we will be, as I said, uh, in answer to Lucian's question, be addressing those first two levers first and then helping them pull together a culture that, uh, uh, that uses uh, machine learning to uh, divine some new best practices that will help them grow even further. And th their plan will be to grow into new markets as well. So uh, my, uh, my um, uh, drive today was to talk about these three levers, to talk about the role that AI and low code had in terms of applying technology to these three leaders, and to pick two use cases which illustrated how we're using these, uh, these technologies to achieve growth for two completely different organizations. In terms of digital transformation in, in, in general, uh, but with a focus, of course, on, on technologies like AI and low-code, uh, who in the organizations uh, are really the primary driver, driving forces for these changes? Are, is it the business leaders? Is it the digital leaders? Is it the operational um, leadership? Maybe it is individual departmental heads, such as sales, marketing, uh, service. Alan, Richard, what do you think uh, on this question? It's a, it's a tricky one, and there's probably a lot of uh, different answers to it. But uh, in, in terms of your experience, where do you see this, um, this driving force coming from the most in terms of the organizations? Who are really the heroes within those different types of organizations that, that drive change? I'm afraid there's no definitive answer to be honest it, it it does come from many different many different leaders all depending on the type of organization they are and also the personalities involved to be honest so it, it I've seen them come from all corners to be honest from my side uh, okay from my point of view Lucian I think the answer is it actually has to come from all of them that uh, if there's not uh, across the board adoption um, of uh, new new methods of working and an ability to accept technology to help drive change uh, for everybody's benefit, for the benefit of the employees, making life easier, making life a bit more rewarding, uh, and from the management uh, uh, making uh, making it easier to plan, easier to predict, and easier to grow revenues. It, I think it has to come up from across the board. Super. Well, then let's uh, let's move ahead uh, in the interest of time. Uh, Richard, uh, over to you now in terms of creation itself and our own uh, tech and, and AI focus. Uh, give us give us a breakdown. OK, super. Thanks very much, Lucian. And uh, thank you, Alan, to the insights and information. Um, in terms of Creatio, we, we do believe in a statement whereby any business idea can be automated in minutes. It's something we stand by. It's something that is only possible uh, using the art of low-code technology. If we kind of take that a little bit further and a little bit more focused in terms of artificial intelligence, <clears throat> what we're actually able to do here is take artificial intelligence tools and embed them within a low-code technology environment that allows you to implement some very sophisticated algorithms very, very quickly that allow you to bring uh, um, value to the CRM or your low-code technology platform, because it doesn't, it isn't constrained to just CRM, to allow you to make better decisions, to allow you to fast-track processes, uh, allow operators on the phone to understand what is the next, be next, next best action and easy operation of the system as well. In terms of a, a low-code ethos, just for everybody's benefit, because I think, Lucian, you mentioned right at the start, I think sometimes there's a bit of confusion as to what low-code actually is. Um, the low-code technology platform and the ethos we have here at Creatio, it really is to allow everyone to be a developer, because there's a huge part of the configuration of an IT platform, as well as the business as usual and the maintenance of an IT platform that can be done by somebody with a business head, as opposed to a software development background and degree. So the concept is to really bring about what is typically known on the market space as a, a citizen developer. So, uh, you know, someone who's not got development skills, but is able to configure the IT platform just by using drag and drop technology and easy to configure screens, uh, such as the Creatio platform itself. And what that actually then does, it actually allows for configuration, implementation, 
and effectively the rollout of applications or additional functionalities and features in a matter of days rather than months. And you can't put a big enough emphasis on how important that is with IT technology. Having been in this space for the last 20 years, I can't, I can't recall uh, the number, but how many times we've heard and seen frustrated clients because by the time the IT department has delivered the functionality to the business department of what they're looking for, the business requirements or the marketplace or whatever it is they're trying to solve has then evolved and changed and therefore it's already outdated and it becomes incredibly frustrating for those business end users. So delivering the right functionality, the right features in, in a dynamic and agile time frame is super important to, to the success of any IT system. And what this means is, is that the processes and the functionality is then orchestrated effortlessly in the platform and the technologies are consolidated as well because we do have a unified CRM um, not only do we have a unified CRM for sales, service and marketing functionality, but the low-code platform then allows you to add additional functionality in there, such as onboarding new clients and other processes and features uh, that you would like to add to the system so that you're not having multiple IT systems and, and what we call death by many different screens. So if we just take a bit of a look in terms of what we currently provide, uh, I won't go through all of these exact user cases, but it's just some of those examples are, we can have case priority uh, prediction. So this is whereby all of the cases that come into the service desk of the application can be monitored by the artificial intelligence tools to allow it to prioritize the cases in order of um, uh, urgency. And this is basically done by using many different data points and fields within the application itself and using algorithms that are predefined and can be pulled from our libraries and then tweaked and configured by our individual clients to suit their environment and their particular use case. We've also got the idea of assigning uh, groups uh, and assigning certain tasks to the right people. Uh, a great example of this is close to my heart in terms of sales. So when leads come into the system, the artificial intelligence in the platform can analyze the lead, understand the size of the opportunity, uh, whether it's enterprise or a corporate lead or all of this good stuff and geography and other aspects can go into that decision-making process for that lead or opportunity to be classified and then assigned to a particular salesperson. Another kind of group that we have is the scoring side. Uh, this is more where we're coming up with a definitive numerical value. So we use this, and, and again, obviously we use the Creatio platform in our day-to-day -day business. So two great examples here is opportunity and lead scoring. Because when a lead comes into the system, you know, all salespeople, uh, uh, are very busy these days, as many of us are in our day-to-day -day lives, what we want to see at a really high level is how good is this lead? So if I've got 10 leads on my plate today, which one of those should I be calling first? Uh, and the beauty of this is it will actually look at historical data in the platform to understand that actually, if many of the different leads that have come from, say, financial services have been successfully closed, then a lead that comes from the financial service sector is going to score higher than that of agriculture if agriculture is not as well, uh, as not as successful in the historical data. And there's a whole raft of data points uh, and data that can be brought into that decision making process to allow for these scores and these rankings, if you like, to be then uh, placed on the opportunities and some of the records in the platform itself. We've then kind of moved into the regression side, and this is where we start looking at predicting, uh, and not necessarily predicting a score, but predicting a particular value. So predicting a deal amount, for instance. So this is where it can start to get clever to give you some indication of the rough order of magnitude that a particular deal might be worth. So when that deal is moving through the sales pipeline, it can start to predict what the actual sale value might look like. It can also look at predictive uh, costs 
uh, it can predict when we expect the closing date might be. And it, again, it's using a lot of different data points and technology that go into that decision-making process uh, to, to, to give the accuracy of the answers. And this is really what is all building into that machine learning element for the solution to uh, replicate human artificial intelligence uh, to bring that technology and that functionality to your fingertips. So in terms, if we, if we just bring our head up now and just look for the developments and the directions for 2021, um, we, we're now starting to look at how artificial intelligence can start to help from a UX perspective. So this is around the user experience because we have many different users of the platform because as I mentioned earlier, we've got a unified CRM for sales, service and marketing as well as having this broad functionality scope from a CRM, we've, we then couple this with other applications that our customers develop using the low-code platform to enhance, to, um, to complement some of those modules that we already have, which are out of the box. And because we have many different users, for instance, we can have a marketing user, we can have outbound salespeople, inbound salespeople, senior board members, uh, team leaders, managers. There's many different personalities using the system for many different purposes. And it really isn't a case where one size fits all. So many of the different users configure the user interface and the user experience very differently to some of the other user groups. And because of the flexibility that the low-code platform brings, uh, what we want to do is be able to suggest to those users how they might configure their system better for them because they might not be running in an optimum user experience environment. And that artificial intelligence will have things like pop-up windows that say, have you thought about changing the interface to look like this? Have you thought about changing your alerts and your notifications to do this? And I think that will bring a huge amount of value and additional uh, enhanced user experience to those users. As we mentioned, obviously to complement that loco, sorry, the CRM technology that we have out of the box, having a very powerful business process automation engine that's embedded in the low code environment is also very close to our hearts and really the roots of where Creatio has come from. And so the business process designer and when we're designing business processes in the system, it's something which is very key to the success of the new apps and the new functionality that's developed. So what we're looking at now and the R&D team are looking into is how can artificial intelligence help design better processes or help speed up the development of those processes? So if you start developing a process, it will start to give you next best steps, next best actions, uh, et cetera, et cetera. We're looking at new machine learning models uh, for lookalike audiences. So this is again to start finding people within the CRM that will be a great audience for a particular event. Uh, time series for looking at when things need to be executed by and when things need to be delivered by. Uh, a great example of this is in the manufacturing space and the just-in-time manufacturing. Other examples are integration to third-party machine learning servers. Uh, so as well as having a lot of algorithms that we've already got with some third parties and some internal stuff, we're also looking to integrate to other platforms and third party solutions that are out there on the market space. Process mining is, again, another area we're looking at. Uh, process mining is really about kind of extracting processes from blocks of text uh, and other information. And again, this is another subject in its own right. Uh, something which we perhaps haven't got time to delve into too much today as well. So just to kind of just wrap up then around the low-code technology, it really is innovation to allow you to drive change much, much faster than old, uh, more traditional IT technology. It will revolutionize your time to market. It will increase efficiency. And as I mentioned earlier, you'll actually start to deliver value and um, something that the business uh, side of the organization will really start to appreciate because it's also delivered on time. And, and then in turn, what that does is it's really allowing you to connect with your customers, boost the user adoption of the platform itself, 
utilizing the, the unified CRM, and as I mentioned, all of the other applications that are developed using the low-code technology. So again, everything we do at uh, Creatio is based on the foundations, which is Studio Creatio. If you did want to download a free version of Studio Creatio, just to look at how you can design your complex processes, then please go on our website to do so. It will allow you to design processes and share them with your colleagues and friends uh, to collaboratively work together. The CRM solution is built upon that platform. So there's modules that are out of the box the sales marketing service, they're all then uh, have the ability to be manipulated and changed using the low-code technology, which is then complemented by our marketplace and any other apps that are then developed uh, in the marketplace or by yourselves as well. From your experience working across those different projects of implementing uh, local platforms, what would you say is the time frame uh, you know, to, to really get the business going with a low-code solution? enriched one that is enriched with AI and, and really is, uh, is, is bringing value to the business. So just tell to us about the timeframes from your experience and the projects that you've worked on. Uh, maybe Alan, let's start with yourself. Um, I think the answer to the question is that they're very short. Um, the, um, uh, the best way to implement a system using low-code technologies and exploiting AI is to do it in an agile way. So um, uh, decide on the next step of the functionality, implement it, get value from it, realize success from using it, and then define the next stage. And uh, this agile approach means that uh, uh, you might uh, implement a system in, uh, uh, in a handful of days for each of these agile steps. So uh, whereas uh, previously I might have always been thinking about uh, a startup uh, a startup project for a new CRM system being measured in terms of 20, 30, 40, 50 man days to get things off the ground, uh, I'm going to slash that to 20 or less than 50% for sure. I think I concur as well, Alan. And more and more often these days, we see companies who are just trying to get the basics right first before they expand on some of the more sophisticated functionality and low code. It, it, it plays so well into the low code hands because getting that base configuration and, and getting off the ground if they're starting from scratch it's super quick they start to see the wins they can get the support of the platform itself they can demonstrate some of the return on investment to senior management who are then more than happy to start investing in some of the more sophisticated parts like the artificial intelligence and machine learning yeah and i might add to that to that i mean some of the uh, uh, some of the deployment of ai within a business doesn't require any implementation time at all uh, for example inside creatio um, the uh, machine learning will predict what what would be your best cross sell uh, based on uh, uh, based on the precedent of things that have worked successfully in the past so this data is accumulated automatically by the system so uh, uh, so the uh, the person putting a quotation together knows which are the right uh, upsell components to add to that quotation or knows which are the uh, right cross-sell aspects to go back to that customer with at a later date. No code required to do that. Yeah, but the answer really leads us to to um, positively a, a kind of short timeframes that 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 companies can can use to, to get started with low code and, and AI, uh, which which now pretty much come hand in hand in many aspects. So, thank you, Alan. Thank you, Richard, and uh, thank you to to our audience. Thanks, Lucian, and thanks everybody for joining. Thank you. Thank you, and bye bye. Bye bye.